Today, I want us to talk about building a leadership grid for development. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm here today with Dahadi Lewis from Atlanta and Hayden Ratner from Las Vegas. Brothers, excited to see you again today. What's up, man? Honored. Good to be here. Back at it. Let's go. Well, hey, guys, we're going to jump in again to this format that we threw out a few episodes ago called the 3 by 3 an opportunity uh, for the three of us to take a subject on and each have three answers that we offer. I think from this, we get a breadth of material, a breadth of answers for planters um, who are all out there from different backgrounds, different, di different themes, different uh, emphases in their ministry. They can pull a lot of stuff from this. And so since we're planting churches everywhere for everyone, I think this can be helpful. Today, I want us to talk about building a leadership grid for development. I've heard Dahadi say that discipleship isn't a ministry of the church. It's the ministry of the church. And so it means everything comes out of and flows into discipleship. And one of the greatest needs of any church and any church plant in particular is the need for more leaders, raising up more leaders. So we have to think about it through the lens of discipleship. And so for me, it's what do we need to look for in leaders? But what, what also are we seeking to develop in leaders as we push them to follow Christ and grow in him. And so I want to talk today about a leadership grid. So what are the three things that you look for and are you trying to develop within leaders in your church? We're going to take this one at a time. And so, man, guys, I'll just kick it off. I'll get it started here. My number one uh, in my leadership grid is good. I, the, the word good. And what I mean by that is competence, the ability to accomplish the task for which we are asking them to take on. So if it's an elder, somebody who can do that well. If it's a deacon, somebody who can do those things well. If it's a Sunday school teacher, someone who can do those things well. I want to help develop that capability and competency in them, or I want to look for it. I don't need somebody uh, who is not a good singer singing in the worship team. I, that's not that? good. Uh, we get that, but I feel fear in so many other areas of the church. We're putting people into areas where they're not competent yet. And so number one is good for me. What about you, Dahadi? What's your number one? I would say my number one is aware, aware. And when I think about mm -hmm. the idea of aware, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, um, spiritually, physically, emotionally, they're, they're able to be present. We do a lot of um, work here at Blueprint is about being emotionally present, you know, and having wow. to, you know, just being open. I think a lot of times as leaders and as people, when I'm looking for people, like we do a good job at being transparent, but we do a terrible job at being vulnerable. And the way I would wow. say the difference between the two is that transparency is I'm going to share some stuff with you, but I'm not going to like give you anything that really can hurt me. But vulnerability is that I'm going to share stuff with you that it can actually hurt me. And I think vulnerability is, is, a, is a key leadership because people are not looking for perfection. They're looking, are you good? Can I struggle with you in life and, and, you know, and struggle well with you? And so I would say there's people that are aware, aware about who they are, who they're not, you know, and just, in all those areas. So that's what I was thought off with. Yeah, I love that self-awareness. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What about you, Hyden? What's your number one? 
My number one is honor. I'm looking for people that are honoring, um, that have a demonstration of honor toward the church, uh, to the Lord, to me as a leader in their lives and my wife as well. When we just start to sniff honor around people, I just start to think this is a leader right here. This is a rising leader. Uh, we can teach some of these other things. Um, but when I just sense that th this person is honoring with their communication in, in person and maybe in private, uh, I think there's so much power that follows honoring leaders and honoring with their words, honoring with their presence. Um, it's hard to be dishonoring around honoring people and just start to feel weird. And so I think that's the number one characteristics that I, we, we first start to look for. This person's got a spirit of honor on them. Mm. We can go far with that person. Yeah, that's good. That's Roman the first. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's, that's good. It. Yeah. So, so number two then. My number two is godly. Number one's good. Mm. Number two is godly. And this has right. to do with character for me. Like I want to make sure, I don't care how good somebody is at something. They can be competent as far as competence goes. But if they don't have godly character, then they don't, they've often forfeited the right to use those gifts in the church. Because what I believe is leadership in the church equals influence. Leadership yep. is influence. And um, I don't want people influencing other people if they're not godly, because they are going to do what Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. I think wow. the principle is clear. I'm going to follow you no matter what you're doing if you are a leader in my life. And so I better be sure that I'm following Christ so that people following me are going to follow Christ as well. And so uh, godly is number two for me. And I've seen this be the one that I think we've made too many mistakes in, in the church world. You let people who are not godly have positions of influence just because they're really, really good. And church planner, you're listening. You are going to come to this fork in the road if you haven't already. Somebody who's really gifted at, at music or leadership or something you really need done in your church, and they have a character flaw, and you're going to wow. have the temptation to put them in a position, and you've got to you got to wait. You got to wait till godliness yeah. is developed. Um, I would say so. Good and then godly. Dehiding, uh, that's a to my man. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Dr. Crawford Ritz used to always tell tell us, you know, tell me he was just like, beware of allowing your um, your abilities to take you to a place where your character can't keep you. And I think wow. what you're saying is, is that's spot on right there. Is this when our giftedness takes us to a place where our character can't hold us is, is a dangerous place. So that's a great one. Um, I would say my second one would be already doing it, already doing it. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. in any leadership, what I've learned is that you can put a title on someone, you know, but a title doesn't make anyone do something that they're not already right. doing. Right. right. And so what we, we what we like to always do is it's like we try to find the people who are already doing it. Right. So meaning like who's already eldering, who's already mm. like worshiping, who is like already leading, regardless of if you put them on stage or not, who's doing it naturally. And so we're constantly looking out and doing that. And I think one of the things that we can also recommend in this <laughs> is that we need to stop looking just for what we would consider the called. And we need to start looking at the qualified. And what I mean by that, this is something that actually I, I learned, you know, put some words by Clint, uh, put some words for it, is that there's a lot of people, you know, that are doing the work, but they don't necessarily feel called to a work or whatever. They're, they're leading wow. in the congregation worship. Like they're the person that people are looking at when it's like, man, like they're, they're worshiping. They're like, they're the person who's always 
meeting with other women in our church or meeting with other men in our church. It's like, man, that's, but they don't feel like called because a lot of times people get spooky about callings and all that. It's just like, right. but it was just like, hey, I don't know if you're called or whatever to this, but what I see is that you are exhibiting, you're doing what we need in this person. Would you consider like coming and being a part of, of this? And so I would say already doing it. That's really good. I recently uh, reread a book that talks about the four callings. And number four, the last calling is the calling to some sort of ministry position. But number one is the call to salvation. The call to discipleship is number two. The call to service is number three, using our gifts for the glory of God. And then only number four is the calling to something, what we might call the official call. And we remind people that all of life, all every Christian is, and that's good. They're already doing it. We're, we're not going to fail there. Man, number two for you, man. What's it? That's great, man. Well, there's probably going to be a little bit of overlap, but I would say the word that comes to my heart that we're looking for as a team is ownership. People that have an ownership of their walk with Jesus and ownership of their uh, relationship with the the house, with the church, ownership over their godliness, like you said. And I think ownership over the vision in our church. So our mission at Walk Church is to free people to walk in Jesus. We know that Jesus does the freeing through us. But I love finding people in our church that are owning that vision, owning that mission. Like Dahadi said, they might not have a title, they might not be getting paid, but they're owners anyway. They're owner carriers. So they're in the city, they're at their workplace, they're in their domains, but they just own the heartbeat of our church. And when we see people that already have that ownership, like, man, let's let's reel you in and let's disciple and develop you because you're a leader. And so that's the second one for me, ownership. That's good. Ownership. Yeah, man, once, once people get that vision, like, they're going to be a leader. You want them to influence. Put them in front of people because yeah. they're not looking at you and saying, well, Pastor Hyden's excited about the vision because it's his, but it's this person yeah. excited about the vision because they own it. It's deep down in their bones. You get around owners, right? Like owners of a business, owners of something, a home, they care about that mug, right? They're like, you know, they're protecting it. They're, they're leaning into it. They're giving toward it. And so, yeah, I think that there's value when people have that ownership. I think, again, you can go, people that are still part of our church now, five years later, that were in the beginning is because they owned it in the beginning. It's good. I've I've seen churches go as far as to call their members owners. They don't call it membership. They call it ownership. That's good right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number three. So uh, as any good Baptist preacher, I got to put everything in, a, in an alliteration. So it's good. It's godly. Number three for me is gospel-centered. I'm looking for people who are gospel-centered. I'm looking to shape people into those who are gospel-centered. And for us, that is an issue of chemistry. We describe ourselves as a gospel-centered missional church. And so what this means is somebody can be good. They can be competent. Somebody can be godly and have godly character. But they don't have a view of the world and the view of life that views things through the lens of the gospel. They may not be Mm. as gracious towards outsiders. They may have a different view about how we apply scripture to an individual's life. They may may be a different part of the kingdom. They may be somebody that's considered more fundamentalist or somebody that's a little Mm. bit on a different stream. We say we are gospel-centered. At our church, we say we are growing to know, love, and follow Jesus together by his grace. And that grace is emphasized. Are we doing this with grace? Are we doing this because of grace? And so we want people to be gospel-centered. And so I kind of measure that with people as I watch them and their leadership decisions. Like, how gracious are they at at 
that the faults of those around them, their team member drops the ball or their leader drops the ball. How do they respond? And uh, how do I teach them to respond? So gospel centered for me, man, I want them to see everything through the lens of what Christ has done for us and what how to shape our, our, uh, our chemistry as a team. So good, godly, gospel centered. Tahati, number three for you, man. Yes. Yeah, so not to be outdone by you, Noah, I'm, I'm going to stay with the A's. And so I said aware, I said already doing it. And then the last one is going to be the aims, the aims. Are they, are they committed to the aims? Like, are we aimed in the right direction, the same direction? Because a lot of times, you know, you can have people with great leadership qualities, but if they're aimed at a different direction that you, that, that's not the same aim as you as a leadership, then basically what you're going to end up causing is, a, you know, a schism or a division within. So, like, are we aligned? And so at our church, we talk about kind of, this idea, a call to disciple, a call to membership, a call to discipleship, and so we're like, well, we're aiming at gospel-centered believers, responsible siblings, indigenous disciple makers, generous stewards, and like our, mm. and we wanted to ask yeah. the question, our, like, how can whatever we're asking this person do help us to meet these aims, you know, and are, and are you committed to doing that? So I would just say, like. Like they have to be committed to the same aim. They have to be on the same track and, and be playing from the same playbook. And I think that that's critical. That's good. That's Strong. good. Yeah. It's good. I, uh, my, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep our, our little create creative phrases going. I mean, my last one is a T. So I don't know if you saw what I did there. Hot. We're looking for leaders that are hot. That's right. These leaders are hot. Um, this last one is a T. It's going to be a little bit uh, corny, um, but we're looking for tiggers. And uh, what I mean by that, if you're familiar with Winnie the Pooh at all, um, you got Eeyores and you got tiggers. You ask Eeyore to do something, it's like, maybe, you know, drag me there. I'm going to be a bad attitude pouting the whole time. When you ask Tigger, you know, Tigger says, there's nothing that Tigger can't do, right? He's bouncing around. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to step into the room. And not everybody's a Tigger, no doubt. Some people um, are a little bit more introverted, but still are honoring and still are owners. And those are people that we're looking for. But I've found that people that are Tiggers, um, we want to also find those people and, uh, and say, okay, look, we got to disciple you. We got to get the word in you. We got to make sure that your godly and your character is able to, like, like Crawford said, like the hottie said, um, keep at the same pace, um, of, of, of your energy. But I've just found people that are tiggers, man, those people want to get stuff done and I got to keep up with them. And so I, I was debating between tigger or teachable either way. It's a, it's a T find that tiggers are teachable too. So, um, those are my three. We got three Honoring, owners, tiggers. Yeah. Honor owners, Tiggers, man, uh, we got 3G leadership. We got triple A leadership. We got hot leaders. Here's the point of all of them, I think, is that there's intentionality, that there's yeah. something behind it. There's a thoughtfulness in it. There's an aim that we're shooting for. And I think pastors and planters, you know, we've heard it before. If you, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so wow. we wonder, like, why, is there, why are there no leaders? Why is nobody rising up? Why, why do we not see anybody we can hand things off to it's because we're not developing them and so developing them super important that going that avenue then before we close I would love for each of us to be able to share 
a, uh, our favorite leadership resource or a helpful leadership resource for people to check out that is, has blessed us, has challenged us, has helped us, maybe even in the development process of leaders. Um, I'll go ahead and start. I, I've got one that I've been using in my leadership cohort. So we've started this program in our church where we take a nine-month um, year kind of calendar beginning in the fall, go all the way through the spring. People that want to grow in leadership have opportunities to both learn, be poured into, and then exercise leadership in the church. And um, we've, been, we've been studying Leaders That Last by Dave Kraft. I just reviewed that for my leadership cohort. And this book is phenomenal because it talks about um, all the aspects of the life of a leader, beginning with the power, it coming from Jesus Christ, life with him, and all the way through, there's several categories. It ends with pacing, how to pace out your leadership. God wants you to, pay, to lead for the next 50 years, not the next five. So pace it out. So it's a really helpful, practical book on learning about your purpose and your priorities and how to really give yourself um, to the mission of Jesus in the local church. And what's interesting about it is written by a guy uh, that was out of church where his pastor, his leader, did not last. And the cover of wow. it is a cemetery with a blank spot for future, future headstones. And it's just kind of a testament that you can even have leadership gurus in your church and you might still fail as a leader if you don't watch That's real. Leaders, leaders Who Last by Dave Kraft. What, what mm. do you guys got? I'm putting that on my phone right now because I, I, I need that on display for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, um, I would say for me, I mean, I was wrestling with this so many good ones, but I think one of the things that I'm just kind of in a place right now um, where I'm trying to encourage our leaders is, is a book by Dan Allender, and it's Leading with a Limp. You know, and I think just at the core of it, I can just kind of summarize it in this way. At the core of it, it's a book about like a lot of times we want to lead out of like out of a kind of a victor mindset instead of leading out of our humanity. And this wow. really just being able to embrace our humanity. And, you know, there people are not looking for perfection. They're, they're looking for you to be able to struggle well. So leading with the limp is I think what, what is something that I would recommend. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, so good. Um, well, since we're on the podcast, I would just say I would recommend two other podcasts that maybe you can just do different podcasts throughout the week and you could get some different good content. One is uh, a, a familiar name that you might know, Pastor Vance Pittman. Um, that's our sending church here in Las Vegas, Hope Church. Pastor Vance has a great podcast um, just called The Leadership Podcast with Vance Pittman. Also, Craig Rochelle, pastor of Life Church, has another great podcast. Um, that focuses in on leadership. He has a lot of guests come on and um, I've got some really good leadership nuggets from them. And then I would just add a book as well called Replenish. Um, this book Replenish is written by a guy named Lance Witt. He served with Pastor Rick Warren uh, for over 20 years at Saddleback Church and just, uh, just a really good book. It helped me do that exact word, Replenish. Uh, especially in seasons where I was feeling a little bit more empty. And so, yeah, I think that would be helpful for you as a leader. Well, brothers, thanks for the time today. At Send Network, we want to see a healthy multiplying church in every community across North America. Emphasis on healthy. And one of the, one of the great ways to make sure that a planter and a pastor is healthy is to make sure they're raising up leaders alongside them that can shoulder the load with them. And so I think this is going to be helpful uh, to planters and pastors out there as they apply it and they, with intentionality, come up with their own grid. So guys, thank you for your investment in them. And as you're listening, if you want to know more about church planting with Send Network, you can text the words Send Network to 888-123. Mm -hmm. 
send network to 888-123 or check us out at sendnetwork.com. Until next time, we are Send Network. Boom. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.